This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, this is Brian Bassett of Fogat. You're listening to the Dr. Sky Experience on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Welcome to the Dr. Sky Experience, heard here on Talk Radio 77 WABC, the crown jewel of radio, the iconic 77 Talk Radio, aiming out of New York City, around the nation, around the world, and I'm sure even out into the cosmos. As we talk today with the most amazing guest, we'll be introducing Brian Bassett of that iconic rock band, Fog Hat. With a brand new album, folks, that you're going to be hearing some excerpts on this particular show today entitled Sonic Mojo. And again, the Dr. Sky Experience covers all types of content from the realms of astronomy, space, aviation, weather, celebrity guests, and today, we're in good hands. Brian Bassett has over 40 years experience as a professional musician and recording artist and 30 years experience as a recording engineer and producer. From 1999 to the present, the guitarist, international recording artist Foghat. Brian is a songwriter, guitarist, engineer, and producer who has worked on Foghat's Return of the Boogeyman, Road Cases, Family Jewels, Live 2, the official bootleg DVD, Volume 1, not live at the BBC, Last Train Home, their last DVD, live in St. Pete, under the influence, and how about it, live at the belly up. And with that, I'd like to welcome... Ryan, welcome to the show today. This is exciting stuff about this amazing band, Foghat. Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you for that great introduction, and a uh, pleasure to be here. Well, always likewise, and I say this, it's amazing because, you know, I go back in my high school days. Yeah, I'm not old, back in 1972, and I'm just listening to Foghat then, and I'm just listening to one of those songs that just about everybody knows, and shame on them if they don't, just want to make love to you. Now, I understand that was a Willie Dixon song before Foghat actually did their you know, iteration of that. Talk a little bit about that, because that comes from what? A great blues artist, if I'm correct. Is that right? That's right. That was the first big hit for Foghat uh, back in probably 71. Uh, it was an old blues song that uh, Foghat took into the laboratory and uh, put their rock and roll on top of it and uh, became the first big hit for the band. Well, here we go. I'm going to read this because this is important for people to hear, and we'll get into it and ask you questions about it. Sonic Mojo is exactly what Foghat will be bringing to the loyal legion of fans on November 10th in the form of the highly anticipated and long-awaited 17th studio album, their first in seven years on the band's label Foghat Records, which is distributed, as you know, by Selecto Hits, part of the Sun Records family. But how about this? This is even cooler for everybody out there that's a vinyl fan. It'll be available as what? As a single CD with 12 tracks, and then also an 11-track limited edition 180-gram purple neon vinyl 
Now, that's really cool. That's something we all got to get as we talk about the classic songs of Foghat and this new album here. It's nice to see vinyl uh, have another day in the sun, you know, with liner notes that I can actually read. (laughs) A lot of of ways to put pictures and some, uh, you know, biography stuff on there. So it's it's a great format, and uh, it's nice to see people embracing it again. Well, Brian, it's great to have you here on this Dr. Yeah, it's great to have you on the Dr. Sky Experience. Tell us a little bit about this, in case people are like, they were too young to know what Foghat, you know, as far as a rock and roll band, an iconic band. Just talk a little bit about how Foghat began and a little bit of your experiences, of course, over the years, knowing Foghat and now being part of this iconic band. Yes, I, you know, I had uh, a, a, many years of a career before I met Lonesome Dave in Orlando, Florida, around 1989, but I had a band called Wild Cherry in the 70s. We had a hit record with Play That Funky Music and uh, oh, yeah. with all R&B great bands of the era, you know, Commodores, Earth, Wind & Fire, Jackson 5, uh, you know, many, many more, Isley Brothers. And uh, so I did that for several years in the 70s. I moved to Florida, became involved with a blues record label called King Snake Records, and we did many, many releases, uh, dozens, if not, you know, close to over probably 50 or 60 record releases. And um, and I had a blues quartet in Orlando, so uh, I was an engineer for several years, you know, six, seven years. Had a qu- blues quartet that uh, performed in the Orlando area. Uh, we played some eclectic music uh, by what we call swamp rockers, uh, Lazy Lester, Lightning Slim, Lonesome Sundown, very, uh, you know, yeah. the wall kind of blues. Lonesome Dave uh, came to our club to see us play, brought there by my friend Pat Travers. Dave knew all our songs, being the blues historian that he is and was, and uh, a blues record collector, sat in with us, and we became best friends, and when he decided to go uh, back out on tour, he asked me to join his touring band, and that was my introduction to the Foghat family. Uh, We played together for about five years. Uh, Rod Price, the original guitar player, came out of retirement, and uh, Foghat reformed with all its original members at the behest of uh, Rick Rubin, the great record producer he wanted to do a record with Foghat uh and uh but in the early 90s um so I, I actually joined molly hatchet then i had been on tour with them in europe and i uh, got to know danny joe Bryan. he asked me to join his band i did that for seven years and then in 1999 uh lonesome dave gave me a call and asked me to come back to Foghat, and i've been here ever since that's an amazing story, Brian. And again, this is interesting. We talked to a lot of the, a lot of those musicians as yourself, a guitarist, and much more. But it's interesting when we talk to somebody that's also part as they do this whole thing in their engineering side and the production side of music. And and that's interesting because if I'm right, and I think I am on this one, very few have both sides of the equation. I mean, when you're performing, that's one thing to par excellence. And then the other side, as they say, what, the man behind the curtain. You understand both sides of the equation. Talk about the engineering side, because I very rarely get to talk to anybody in the music world that has this experience. So the importance of that is, is quite obvious, but maybe people don't realize all the technicalities that go into that. It's, uh, it was always a part of the music you know, creation process that I was fascinated in. In fact, you know, I was a, when I was a young person and getting in some of my first bands, I was the guy that had the four-track TX tape recorder and along with my guitar and amp. And I would bring it to practices, and I started, you know, pulling around recording my early garage band. And it was just an interest I always had. And uh, I, when I moved to Florida some years later, and I met Bob Greenley, the owner of King Snake Records, 
he asked me to come mm-hmm. to his studio, and I already had some rudimentary idea of how to, you know, record. You know, I was familiar with mixing consoles and all this, uh, the technical side of things. And Pete Carr the, uh, was a Daytona Beach native, but it was, of course, a very famous Muscle Shoals guitarist, played on dozens and dozens of platinum records. And I was also a great engineer. And so when we, uh, when I moved into that studio, it was just being uh, redone as a 24-track, two-inch tape studio up from a, wow. an eight- or 16-track home studio. And Pete was there as well. So I learned so much about the engineering, really professional engineering from him. And we were co-engineers there for several years and did some Kingsnake, several of their early records we did together. So I learned quite a bit you know, about modern technique uh, in recording. And, um, you know, I've always loved it. And it's um, it's always served me well as a B career. You know, if I wasn't touring or didn't, you know, wasn't making much money playing, I could always, you know, go do sure. some studio gigs. So it was a nice sideline. And it's uh, served us well in my years with Foghat. I've become the in-house engineer and producer for most of the Foghat uh, releases since 1999. Well, kudos to you, Brian. I mean, it's great to listen to how these particular pieces of music get constructed. And nowadays, what? Everything's digital. So you think it's a lot easier nowadays that everything's done in the digital world than the old way? Or, or maybe that's the, one of the craziest questions you've ever had, because it's so obvious. What's uh, Well, you know, I've seen over the years, I pretty much transitioned from a total analog studio, which was our blue studio, Kingsnake Records, where we no. were almost anti-digital. But there wasn't much digital then. I think the first thing that sure. we led into our studio were the dat tapes for uh, mastering and mixing to. And then, of course, CDs came out, and then uh, the ADAT made by the company Alesis. And so I saw that transition from uh, analog to digital. There's a, there was always a raging engineering uh, battle talking about, you know, the benefits of analog versus digital. The early digital equipment didn't sound that good in my estimation, but now it's it's everywhere, and it's that's what everybody's using. I've been using it for several years on Pro Tools. And, you know, yes. and what's um, what's amazing and really great, I think, for particularly young musicians now, in the old days, it would cost close to a quarter to a half a million dollars to put together a professional recording studio. And now you can do the same thing on a Mac, you know, Mac laptop and uh, a hard drive yes. and a bunch of microphones. So from that standpoint, and then, of course, the Internet and digital distribution, a band can go in and make their own record. And, uh, you know, if they're, I'm sure almost every band has somebody like me in it now that knows how to run the equipment. And you can make your own record, set up your own little business, get your record out there. In the old days, that was impossible. You had to have a record company in the old days to uh, make the vinyl, you know, and get it distributed to the, and it was all about radio then. It was getting your record played on the radio stations. And that took a promotional department and the power of a record company. So that's totally changed now in, in these, you know, 2020s. And um, well, yeah, so I, it's a it, double-edged sword, yeah. but, the, but the audio quality, I think, is now totally there as it was then. And the the amount of uh, freedom you have to edit and mix and everything is, you know, out of this world compared to what we had in the old days. Absolutely. Well, other than and hearing what, a great guitar. So one thing I think that, I think one thing that yes. got lost, I uh, some bands preserve it, and I try to keep it in my recording technique, is the actual process of writing and pre-production of songs and, you know, making sure the songs are ready to go. Once you get into the studio, you know, the band's well rehearsed. And uh, mm-hmm. so, and then you capture 90% of the music live by people just playing in the room. 
So a little bit of that, of that has been lost, but uh, a lot of bands still prefer to play that way as we do. I try to capture yeah. as much of our song on on a well, it's amazing. take and you know minimal overdubs. Mm-hmm. Well, other than hearing yourself as a great guitarist, we're going to hear the production experience that you bring to the table on Sonic Mojo. But now it's time to introduce the rest of the band members, of course, as we've done yourself. Founding member, drummer, and leader of the pack, Roger Earl, is joined by stalwart guitarist and engineer. As we've been talking to you, co-producer, Brian Bassett, your experience with Wild Cherry, as I mentioned, Molly Hatchett, fun-loving, low-end thumper, and favorite bassist, Rodney O'Quinn, Pat Travers Band, and on lead vocals and guitar, Scott Holt, Buddy Guy, who has been the single guitarist of the band's recent side project, Earl and the Agitators, since 2015. And in typical Foghat fashion, we're going to have some surprises that we're going to talk about here. And just to let the audience understand a little bit more about Foghat's latest album here, this is incredible, the 17th studio album. We're going to actually play Driving On. This is amazing. So here we go, folks. Driving on from Foghat's Sonic Mojo. It's 2 a.m. Long way to go. It's dark all over. Moon starting to glow. Gotta stay awake, no matter what I do. Wanna see my girl when the night is through. I'm driving on, and I gotta be strong, and it won't be long. I'm driving on. She'll be waiting for me to pull in. I'll be so happy to let love begin. Having a way, couldn't get home. Now I'm ready, been too long gone. And I'm driving on, and I gotta be strong. It won't be long I'm driving on
Well, I think that's awesome, Brian. And uh, we find out that the band is traveling. You've got a pretty busy schedule here, but for our audience here, and audiences all around the nation, two that I've highlighted here of concerts that are coming up, as you're listening to me, the Dr. Sky Experience here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. We find out in my area out here in the West, you'll be in Laughlin, Nevada, on Saturday, October the 28th at the Edgewater Resort. And then for all of our New York area friends, how about this? At the Hard Rock Casino Hotel in Atlantic City, Saturday, December the 9th. Don't miss it. So I wanted to get your take on this. I mean, talk a little bit more about these tracks. You have 12 on this particular album. It officially is released as a what date uh, that people can actually get it wherever good music is sold. Tell us about that. Yeah, our official release date is November 10th, and that's when the full album is going to come out. Uh, we actually have three pre-releases, uh, Driving On, as you mentioned, and uh, a little bit of everything. And I don't appreciate you or the three songs that we pre-released, and they're available on. And we have some videos uh, to go along with them, so they're pretty much on the Internet and all your favorite places. And, uh, yeah, we're really looking forward to it. You know, So we're going to do some uh, record release parties, one at the Iridium Club in New York and uh, one at the Coach House in, out in L.A. So we're looking forward to doing that and performing you know, the album live. So that's great. And uh, you bet. that was one of the things I was hoping to accomplish on this particular record was keep the songs uh, simple enough and uh, not overproduced so that we could translate them to the stage and our two guitar bass drum setup. So uh, we're happy that that's been turning out to be the case. We're playing three of the songs in our set right now and probably many well, more as time goes on. Well, just a little bit more history. I'm going to give the audience here. The first of three Kim Simmons co-writing Driving On is the debut single, as we're talking about here on Sonic Mojo. Vocalist guitarist Scott Holt smiles as he proudly sums up what this bluesy rocker means to the band. A song like Driving On, as they say, celebrates the swamp funk blues of Slim Harpo and the cosmic boogie of John Lee Hooker, part blues, part ZZ Top, and part part, part Fog Hat. This tune is destined to become a live fan favorite. Well said. Well done. And I want to thank you for being with us today, Brian, and on this particular radio archive here, the Dr. Sky Experience. And they can learn much more about what? The band by going to simply foghat.com. What a great, easy way to find you guys on the Internet. And, of course, you have what? You're also you up there on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. We're all social media lives. Thank you. You get the last word. Anything you want to jump in on here that we didn't cover in our short interview today, but a very interesting one. Well, thank you very much for having me. Uh, like you said, go to foghat.com for all your foghat needs. And, uh, and uh, please come on out and see a live show. I mean, we love playing. We have a good time doing it. And uh, a party will be had by all. So come out and check us out. Our tour dates are all on foghat.com. We put them right up there as they come in. So for near you, come on out and rock. Well, thank you, my friend. Rock lives, rock continues, and Foghat is a big part of it. Stay on the line with us as we go to the heartbreak at the bottom of the hour. Obviously, the talk radio show here that people tell us they love so much on 77 WABC is the Dr. Sky Experience beaming out of New York around the nation, around the world, and I'm sure all the way out into the cosmos Dr. Sky always reminds everybody to keep your feet on the ground, keep your eyes to the skies as we continue to rock all the universe all the time with great death. Thank you, Brian, for joining us and stay on the line with us, please. Thank you. Sure well, thank you.
This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.